Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Good morning, everybody. I'm glad to be here. As Pastor said, uh, we are uh, uh, missionaries from Brazil. We moved to the United States uh, actually three years ago, 24 January 2019 was when we landed here in the United States. Uh, and uh, yes, I was, I was a football coach for two years. I coached the running backs and the kickers here at Southeastern. And uh, yes, football is the best sport in the world. And the Cowboys are going to beat the Niners today. Yes. You give me the microphone, I talk about my Cowboys. That's what it is. Sorry. Yeah. You can start hitting me right now. Yes, it's fine. Okay. So, uh, I'm glad to be here. Um, as, well, that's my wife. She's the best part of me, right? Yes. As you can, as you, as you know, as you know, I want you to think about this. When you're in a, when you're in a, you're in a war, uh, uh, not everybody is in the canyon. Everybody's, somebody's in the canyon. Some, somebody's on the, is using the sword. Somebody's shooting. Some, you know, that's a war. Like everybody has a, like a role to make the whole plan work, right? And uh, this is, uh, we are in a spiritual warfare, as according to Ephesians 6. So as I preach, she fights over there. So she's fighting on, on, on here when we cannot see. So she, she's not j- there just playing, just it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good, but she's doing something very important. She's fighting for us as we receive the word of God. Amen. So um, as I was, um, as, I, as we came to the United States, we are, um, you know, it's some stories. It's just, I have to share my stories because um, you have to adapt, right? You have to adapt as an immigrant and you have to adapt as a, um, as a missionary, right? There's, there's some things that it gets time. I mean, I came to the United States uh, already speaking English as, as as you can see right now. And, um, but there were some things that we need to adapt. Like, for example, food is one of the big things. Like when you come here, uh, we were serving a, a Brazilian church. So we got the blessing to be around Brazilian food, but uh, we were called to be with the Americans. So I, I got to eat the, the food that you eat. And then um, I realized real quick that, uh, it's very different from, from, our, from, our, um, from our food. And one thing that I've realized is we, we do a lot of food out of scratch. Like, out of, like you just start it and do it out of scratch. And then uh, Americans, they normally, you buy stuff that are ready and then you mix them up. And it's kind of different for me. It's, just not, it's not wrong. I like it, but uh, it's kind of different. Uh, and uh, when we came here, one thing that, uh, this is the story, very funny. Uh, a coach invited me to watch a game at his house. I don't know if it was Super Bowl maybe. And he said, uh, he was talking to his kids and they're like, yeah, come here. There's, there's, uh, you can drink here. There's drinks. And I'm like, oh, thanks, coach. Yeah. And then he was talking to the kids and he said, yeah, there's Ruth beer here. And I'm like, Ruth beer? The kids are like five. Why are they going to drink beer? This is very weird. Americans are weird. And I was like, they're not going to. And I didn't say nothing. I'm not gonna, I mean, but it was very weird. Like, and then they start drinking that Ruth beer. I'm like, oh, my God. All right, I'm going to say nothing. See, like, I'm not going to, like, five months later, I'm on the school, and then one of my, one of my players come, like, coach, do you, do you ever taste Ruth beer? Like, there's Ruth beer at the school? And they're like, what do you mean, coach? I mean, how? He's like, no, coach, it's not beer. Like, oh, that's why he was giving that to those kids. So, so those kind of things, like, very weird. Like, uh, uh, for example, there's another story when we were, um, like Brazilians, if, you, if you're Brazilian in the house, you're Brazilian in the house, raise your hand. Tudo bem? Prazer conhecer, Deus abençoe. We Brazilians, we, we actually don't party. Like when, if I invite you to a party and it starts at six, first of all, most likely it's not going to start at six. It's going to start like seven-ish. But it's going to go all the way to two in the morning. I mean, even, I mean, we just go and we pray and we, and we eat again and we drink coffee and we talk again and we eat again and then it keeps going. Well, when we came to the United States, we, like we invited to a party and then the person said party's going to be from two to five right away i was like there's an hour to finish He's like all right so we went and we, we got there too i like to be in time uh, a lot so uh, we got there too and then i was getting comfortable there was a pool i not i did not want to go to the pool but let's yeah let's go to the pool so i started going to the pool and then by 4 30 his son his son started like grabbing the kids and just to leave and my wife was like the party's about to be done I'm at, the, I'm at the pool. She's like, no, they said two to five. Like, what? No, I just got into the pool. So we left like seven. 
<laughs> and he was cleaning and everything. I was like, so we got, got, got used to that. It's not, a, it's not wrong. It's just different. It's a different culture, right? Different culture. And then also relationships, right? In Brazil, we're normally, we're huggers. We hug people, right? And then with the coronavirus, make it, it like worse. But let's say there's no coronavirus. Like, just think about that. So we, I like to hug people. And then I don't know if there's something very common here in the United States. I feel like you got to ask. Give me a hug. In Brazil, you just go out and hug people. This is what it is. And, and, and here, you got to learn how to interact, right? You adapt. Some of the principles you learn, you just take to yourself. Some, some, of, the, some of the things you're just like, uh, I will do it while I'm with you, but at my house, I'm not going to do that. So, and some things you just say, oh, that's awesome. I will, I will integrate that to my life. And, uh, and, and this is a transformational journey as you as, as an immigrant and a missionary. But how does that connect with you? How does that, how does that connect with us as followers of Jesus? We are all immigrants. We are all missionaries. We are not from this world. And we, that's going to read this first. Um, this is not the main scripture, but I just want to connect to you that we are all immigrants in this world. Let's connect. It. Let's put John, John 17 verses 14 to 16 says this. I have given them your word. This is Jesus talking. By the way, John 14 to John 17, spend the whole year in those five chapters. They are four chapters. They are awesome. One of the most awesome four chapters in scriptures. I love those four chapters. But let's go. I, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Repeat that. Not of the world. Repeat that. Not of the world. Thank you. There you go. Even as I am not of the world, Next verse. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Next verse. They are not of the world, again, even as I am not from the world. So, I want you to realize that we are all missionaries and we are all immigrants in this world. We do not, we do not pertain to this world. We came here with a mission. We came here with a purpose. We are part of the body of Jesus. But we are not from here. Let's, 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 not, let's not mix that. We can be with you, but I don't have to be mixed up with you. I can be with you. I can, I can adapt to some things. I can take th some things to my life, but I'm not that person. I'm not from this world. I'm an alien. I'm glad my passport says I'm an alien because I'm actually an alien. An alien from another world. We are all aliens from another world. And we suffer... As we are, as, as immigrants and, and, and missionaries, we suffer some, I don't want to even suffer, we feel some pressures from the world that we live as humans. Those pressures are first our own soul sometimes. We feel pressures from the enemy, from the surrounding en the enemy that surrounds this world. We feel pressures from the world, from friends. We, we, we are, we are um, feeling all the time, how can I behave that, that, that I can be uh, in peace with God? Those pressures are real. And if we walk through this world not feeling those things, something got to be wrong. If you, are, if you are walking and you don't feel the devil coming the wrong way, you might be going the same way as him. So I want you to start this message thinking about this, that all those pressures that you're, that you're feeling, they are good. They are awesome. This is because you are actually resisting to some change that the Bible says that you should resist. And those pressures, those pressures, they try to conform you. They try to push. And it's not just at once. It starts little by little. It pushes, it pushes a little by little. In one year, some things that you used to do, you don't do it anymore. Some things that you used to don't do anymore, you start doing it. As, as, as somebody that got saved from being an atheist, uh, uh, I see myself when I, when I walk with Jesus as a, progressive progressive transformation and then if i don't if, I, if we don't take care we go back because our flesh our flesh one does not the bible says our flesh does not want the things of the spirit our flesh does not want that if you want to pray it's not from your flesh it's the holy spirit if you want to offer it's not your flesh it's the holy spirit if you want to intercede it's not your flesh it's the holy spirit in you because the flesh does not want the things of god it's the Holy Spirit in us that wants that. So though all those pressures trying to mold me, to conform me, are, 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 are real in our daily lives. And this is where my message starts. 
I was praying for to come to come here. And uh, I suppose we, I suppose our plans, the mainly plans, um, uh, I was invited to be here in, in, in uh, first year, the first uh, Sunday of the, of the year. And God had different plans. We got COVID, and we couldn't come. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why do you give me a word? <laughs> I was not going to pre preach. It's like, all right, I'm going to share it with the pastor. So I shared the prophetic word with the pastor, and he decided to invite me to come today. So I say, Lord, should I pray again? No, it's the same message. <laughs> And the Lord says, I'll tell you what to preach. And as I was, as I was um, preparing and praying, God gave me dreams and visions. Yes, I'm a little confused. Because when Joel says, a young man will have, will have visions. An old man will have dreams. I had both. So we don't know. I'm kind of in the middle. You know? Yeah. So I think that's like an answer of God. He doesn't see me as old or as young. I'm kind of in the middle. So, so I had some visions and dreams about your church and about what you preach there. And I was like, God, I cannot stand there and start sharing visions and dreams. <laughs> it's going to be kind of, help me here. And God said, nothing for, for a couple of days. And then all of a sudden, he gave, me a, he gave me a text. And he said, look at those texts. Look at that text. And I read it. And I, as, as I was reading, I saw every vision that he gave me on that text. Every vision. Every vision there. So we're going to walk through a text in Romans. And as we walk, I'm going to share the visions that I had for the church. And I'm going to share the things that God put it in my heart. So I want us today, before we start reading scriptures, um, I want us to stop for a second. Because there's a, there's a hurry that we have in our lives. There's something that we are running after, as Ecclesiastic says, that we should stop. We just worship here. And, and we, said about, we, we sing about Jesus. We sing about the Holy Spirit. But we take it for granted. That the Lord, the creator of the universe, is living inside of you and me today. We should not take that for granted. And if I had one message to preach in my whole life and never preach another thing again, I want you to pay attention to tell you that please don't take for granted that the creator of the universe is inside of you and me. I want you to stop for 10. Today we want to stop for 20 seconds, 15 seconds. I want full silence in this house. I want you to close your eyes. And you know what? Open your eyes again. There's something that the world has changed. It's the word meditation. There's a movement back in the 70s, I think. New Era. New Era. They, they grabbed that, that meditation. They grabbed that, uh, that, that, that uh, meaning and they made their own. That, hey, meditation is biblical. Read Psalm, read Psalm 1. Meditate in the word of God day and night, it says. That's meditation. Not the, not the, that, that's not meditation. Meditation is thinking of the world, of the Word of God. Reading it. Thinking about it. Ask the Holy Spirit. That's meditation. So as we start today, I'm going gonna to read scriptures. I want you to close your eyes for a couple of seconds maybe. I'll lead you. I want you to, no, don't forget about the world outside. Don't forget about your family. Don't forget about your problems. They are there and they are important. And God is here to tell you that they are important. You're not supposed to come here today and forget about that and focus on here. God is interested in your problems, in your, in your hurts. God is interested in your, in, your, in, your, in your soul, the things you feel. He's interested. He wants you to bring that here. But for a moment, I want you to, as we make silence, we just listen to the song. I want you to acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Just feel it. We pray this morning. Thank you for the, your presence here. We don't take it for granted. We know, God, you were a God of relationship. You were a God that talks. You were a God that listens. You were a God that wants relationship with your people. You were a God that wants to be among us. You sent your only son to die for us. So thank you for, for this morning. Thank you for your, for your precious word that comes alive every time we read. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you're doing this morning. I want to give you an offering of attention to your word today. I pray that 
the things that I want to share, they are not just knowledge. And they will be revealed in our hearts, on the heart of this church. And they will receive the things that you have for them. I want you to reveal them the truth that is behind everything that I'm going to say. Your truth. Thank you for this moment and for your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's, let's read. We're going to walk the text. And I'm going to share the visions. And uh, it's going to be a great time. Okay? All right. If you get distracted, if you want to stand up, you can. Because we may take a little bit. He said two hours. So I'm good. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to be charged here. So um, uh, I'm going to start in Romans 12. The text is Romans 12, 1 through 18. We're going to start reading. We're going to start reading 1 and 2 first. Okay? All right. Let's read. I'm going to read from the NASB, which is the one I have here. But you can... That's right. Okay. So therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, accept, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed, do not be conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The first vision I had uh, for this message is I saw a, um, a mold of, of sand. You ever seen those molds of sand? Something that you made a mold and then you inject metal on it and then it takes the shape of the mold and then you take, just take the sand out and you have the, a piece of metal. Basically, that's what it is. I was going to bring a video, but I was like, not necessary. So I, I saw, I wake up and I saw that vision. I was like, oh, but, but, the, the thing that I the, saw in the vision is when we opened the mold, actually it was a church inside. But for some reason, the mold did not match the piece. I was like, well, the mold is, is something different than the piece. And I was so confused. And I asked God. And He gave me this text. And this, this is where it all started in verse 2. Do not be conformed with this world. And Pastor almost preached my message. You see, he stopped. He was... And... Uh, one thing that has struck me in these two verses is sometimes we have a wrong interpretation of the cross. Because it's, it says here that give your life, your bodies, as a living sacrifice. I believe this is a call that Paul is doing to the Romans for you to grab your cross and put yourself to the cross for, for you to understand the will of God. Sometimes we think, mainly in Brazil, sometimes we think, yeah, I have to carry my cross. And we think that the cross is our burdens, our problems. Our, our deaths. This is our cross. No. This is not your cross. I'm going to explain you why. When Jesus walked and carried his cross, what does that mean? That means he was condemned to death. That means he was going to be death in next hours. So that cross was a symbol of his condemnation. That his flesh will be gone in the next hours. So when we say we have to carry our cross, it means I'm going to carry myself to death. My will. My decision, my inspirations are going to be carried away. That's your cross. To put yourself in that place where I want to say no to the things I believe. I'm going to say yes to the things that God wants for me. And that's when, and probably if you're being around pastoring somebody or counseling somebody, or maybe or mostly Christians, this is probably the most, the question that you got the most. How do I know the will of God for me? How many, how many times have you ever heard that? How do I know the will of God for me? That's the answer. Romans 12 and 1. You have to look at your desires and say, God, may your will be done or my will be done. It hurts. You may cry tears of blood, of blood, just like Jesus did in the Gethsemane. Because in the Gethsemane, his soul went to the cross. In the cross, his body went to the cross. In the Gethsemane, he says, I don't want to go, but I will if you want me to. Your will be done. And starting on that time, he said, I will abide to your will. He went to the cross wanting to go to the cross. When in, in, Luke, in Luke 2, when he turns to Jerusalem, he started walking to his destiny. And in the Gethsemane, he made the decision that he was going to, he was going to, and he said, I don't know about you, but when I read that, it hurt, like, it's, he doesn't want to go. He didn't want to go. But then he did. Because he accepted his, but the problem with us Christians, we are too alive. We are too alive sometimes. I am too alive. 
And then I don't, I don't allow God to do His will. I'm too alive to pray for somebody, to be bold. I'm too alive to say no, to humiliate myself. I'm too alive. So my Mario, hey, no, I'm not, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to lose. I got to win. No, we serve an upside down kingdom. And that should say something about our, our nature. So this is the first thing I saw. And, but Paul, right into the Romans, he brings more answers and more guidance. And how, because this is kind of shallow. How do I say no to myself? Because at the end, God will use sometimes my, my desires to fulfill his plan. Right? We see that all the time. So what does Paul say? Paul has more guidance on how to not be conformed with this world. Let's keep reading. Well, I'm going to read from 3 to 9. For though the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, to think more highly, think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure, a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function. Pay attention to that. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of your faith, of his faith. If service in his serving or in his serving or he who teaches in his teaching. Or he who exhorts in his ex exhortation. And he who gives with liberality. And he who leads with diligence. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Last one. Nine. I got it here. Right there. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Oh my God. I don't know if I have to preach on this. I don't know. It's just right there. It's plain like water. Clear water. This is the next vision I had for you. I wake up one day with this vision for the church of shelves. Like, like in the wall. Like the wooden shelves in the wall. And God, I saw, I saw something that looked like the hand of God putting things on those shelves. And I was asking God, what is that? And he said, look at the shelves. They're made of wood. And wood in the Bible talks about humanity. So those shelves were you the church people part of this church or ones that are going to be part of this church and God was putting things there like what God what, what are you putting there he was saying I'm putting gifts I'm putting gifts there and I say God well you, well wait wait give me a second the gifts are available to every Christian so like, how can you put things I mean it's a new thing we cannot make new stuff he said no he said they have to reach out when they reach out I give them what they need and this, and this text says, in the proportion of your faith. I like the English version of this. In Portuguese, it doesn't help. In, even in Spanish, doesn't help. But, but in English, it says gifts of the Spirit. Which gift is something that we don't deserve. In Portuguese, it's a don. Don do Espírito. But it doesn't help because that word in Portuguese, it, it seems like I have something that I deserve. Oh, I have, I have that. I have that. No. Gift. I don't deserve gifts. I just received them. How do we receive a, a gift of the Holy Spirit? First, being full of the Holy Spirit. Second, we need to grab that gift. We need to grab it. Appropriate it to your life. How do you do that? With your hand. This hand. No. The hand of your faith. Remember, the hand of faith will help you grab the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because faith is the assurance of the things that I don't have. How can I prove you? How can I prove you that I have... We have the gift of prophecy. I cannot tell you. I just know. I just know. Because I have faith. Faith is the proof. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the proof that I have. it. I don't even know the proof. It has my faith. So use your hand. This text is saying, use your hand of faith in this house. And grab those gifts. Because God is re ready to put them in the shelves. Also, one interesting thing that this text says is we are individually, but we are at the same time a community. And that's very important because God gave you an individual gift but that you come here and you sometimes look, ah, they don't need my gift. Guess what? They do. This church, this, this organization, 
this, this heart needs your gift. And if you are holding down your gift, what's happening? You're not responding to what God gave you. So I want you to invite you to pray for that. I want you to stand your, the hand of faith, grab those gifts, produce some fruits of the Spirit, which is another preaching. Produce those fruits, but also understand that it's very important to be part of a community. A community needs to have order. I mean, in Luke says that Jesus grew in knowledge. Can you imagine that? 12 years old, Jesus, sitting in among, among, among the people, among the, 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 the wise people in the temple. He is 100% man and 100% God. You think about that? And it says there that he grew in knowledge. The same, the God that made himself man was submitted to Mary and Joseph. And who knows who, about, uh, who, who else? He was submitted to learn, to learn scriptures. Have you heard him talking? It's Old Testament all the time. He's like, he's like a hyperlink machine. When he talks, it's all Isaiah, Daniel, Psalms, Genesis, all the time. Because he did what? He submitted. If you come to this house thinking, I am somebody and I'm going to pour. Guess what? If you're not pour into, you're not ever going to pour. Remember, Joseph was submitted to Pharaoh. And he blessed his whole family. And I, I, I bet your pastor's not Pharaoh. I know he's not. So it's not about how great the authority is, but how great your heart is to serve and to humiliate yourself, to get yourself into the process that God has for you. I've seen people in the church that we served, pastors that come with 25 years of pastoring, full experience. Like, I'm not going to name him to, to expose him, but he's a good friend. 25 years of pastoring, came to our church and was east today, cleaning bathrooms, taking care of people, serving the child, clean, cleaning chairs, because he knows the blessing that is under submission. The blessing that so I want to invite you that as you discover your gifts, insert them in the community, insert them in the body. Can you imagine if the if the if your, your finger wants to be the like the best part of your body? I know it'll be good. It's gonna be good because it has a role, but it doesn't do everything. I can see with my finger, it's not gonna work. I can walk with my finger, so there's a purpose, and, and Paul talks about that a lot. We function as a body. Why everybody wants to be the eye? Why everybody wants to be the feet? There's another, uh, the next four verses, there's another uh, instruction from Paul on how not to be conformed to this world. You get this? I want you to think. This is all not to be conformed to this world. We know our gifts. We carry our cross. We, we're part of a community, healthy community. And let's see what Paul says about that. Let's keep going. Verse 10 to 13. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not laughing behind, not lacking behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted in prayer. And then 13. Contributing to, to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. This is the next um, part of the vision that I had. Is this one? Yes. Um, let me read this. Sometimes we think that following Jesus, it's a promise of not having problems. When actually following Jesus is the promise of having the answer for those problems. Walking with Jesus is not the absence of problems, but the presence of the answer. And this, what this text is inviting us is to... I want to, I want to exalt three things, three things on this text. First, fervent in spirit. We just talked about that. Be aware that you are filled of the Holy Spirit. Second, persevering tribulations. Remember, Romans 5 says that tribulations 
brings out perseverance. Perseverance brings out character. And that builds you. As a football coach, I know wins, they feel great. And that's what we work for. But lo loses is when I learn the most. So maybe one loss in your life is to shape your character, to be more like Jesus. And also, this burned into my heart when I was reading this for you. Devoted in prayer. If this church ever going to win on His calling, on its calling, it's going to be in prayer. Praying for the ones that are going to come. Praying for the ones that left. Praying for the ones that are going to come back. Pray for them. Take your time. Give your time to the Lord and pray for every single person around you. And for the pastors and for the leaders and for the kids. Moses partnered with God to save his people. He partnered with God. That's how, how, that's how wonderful prayer is. Is God inviting us to say, what do you have in your heart? Tell me. I'm your dad. I'm here. Let's partner together. There's a power of, there's power of prayer that we get, take it for granted. We think prayer is just standing there for five minutes and say what the things that we want. Yes, it is prayer. Because God is a great God. has mercy for that. And I've done that. But I want, I want to empower this house with this prophetic word that you will pray. Pray for the ones that are going to come. Not because you want these chairs to be filled. Because you want the kingdom to move forward. And then at the end of this, of this text, Paul has a big, big, big point on how to be a good community. Let's read it. From verse 14 to 18. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be hearty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. One more. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. This is the last vision I had for the church. Is it the last? Yes. It's the last. I was, this is the first time, uh, the first week that I was supposed to come. God gave me, this is the first, very first dream that I had uh, that God gave me about the church. I saw this uh, ants. You know, I don't know nothing about ants. But yeah. I, still, I saw these ants and they were walking. They were kind of, you know, doing what ants do, I guess. They were walking. And then God kind of zoomed in on those ants. And some of the ants were hurt. And the other ants, it looked like he was like beating that, that ant that was hurt. And then there was other ant that was kind of lazy. And the other ant was kind of pulling it. And I was like, what? It took me days to understand that. Like God explained me this. And I finally researched about ants. And I realized that I want to know what ants is this on my dream, on my vision. So I remember the, the dream is like, okay, I'm going to look for this, this picture of these ants. So I, I researched uh, ants in Florida. And it came six types of ants. I was like, oh my God, this is going to take forever. Finally, I found the ant that I saw in my dream. Fire ant. And I did not realize, I talked to your pastor, I did not know that. I know nothing about ants. Besides, they, they're just ants. And, uh, and I talked to him and he said, those fire ants are everywhere here. I was like, oh, that's cool. And you know where they came from? From Brazil. I should stop right there. I'll say, that's the vision. That's from you, God. Tell me what you want me to tell them. And as I was, as I was uh, reading, as I was asking God and praying, he, came, he brought me this verse into my mind. And the one that we just read, it points to that. But the, 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 the verse that I really want you to pay attention on this last part is 1 Thessalonians 5. You got it there? 14 and 15. She's awesome. What's her name? What's your name? Sunny. Give it a clap to Sunny because she's giving her time, her talent, her gifts to the church. Yes, we don't take it for granted, Sunny. Very, very good. Okay, good. Let's go. We urge you. This is Paul in the last part of the letter saying, saying goodbye. And Paul ever says something. Just he, Everything he says is on purpose, has a purpose. So listen to this. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly encourage the faith-hearted help the weak be patient with everyone 
See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after, after that which is good for no one another, for one another and for all people. How does this connect with the vision? Well, those ants were, were not doing that. Put the verse 14 for me, please. They were not doing that. They were like, they were like admonishing the faint-hearted. They were, they were encouraging the unruly. They were, they were being patient. No, the, sorry, they were helping the, the unruly. So they were kind of flipping those principles. We, you, Revival Life Church, need to look at this verse and say, don't get those things mixed up. The unruly needs to be admonished. In love, but it needs to. He or she needs to be admonished. The faint-hearted needs to be encouraged. Don't try to help the faint-hearted. He needs to be encouraged. Encouraged. The, the weak needs to be helped. Why are we admonishing the weak? No. He or she is just weak. He needs help. So I want you to meditate on this word. Because those ants, they were doing the wrong thing. And God wants to tell, wants to tell you through this word that this, this church is going to be aligned to that. I want you to pray as you have to, as you have to help somebody. As you, as, you, as you help somebody, I want you to see. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Is he or she unruly? Is he or she faint-hearted? Is he or she weak? You don't know how to admonish. You don't know how to encourage. You don't know how to help. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask people around you. How do I do that? How do I become became a community healthy where we, where we work with the things that God wants us to work? We're not upside down. Sometimes we, in, 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 the, in the heart of serving, we do more than God wants us to do. And God does not want us to do more. He just wants us to be obedient to what He says. That's it. I want you to think, every, resuming everything that we said today, I want you to, if you go, if you go home today, as you go home today, I want you to, to take this with you. And, and I just, uh, was just reminded that uh, I had another vision and this is very specific for this church and for the time that you're living. I know something happened last year, a little bit. Something happened in the church. I don't know exactly about, about it and I'm not going to expose it here in preaching. But this vision has to deal with that. I saw a pregnant woman giving birth and somebody came and snatched the baby and then he, she gave birth again and somebody came and snatched the baby and that happened like four times and I was like God what's happening with the church he said all those babies they will come back so I saw those babies coming back but they were not they're not babies anymore they're big they're like 15 16 years old but they were wearing baby baby clothes so remember that if somebody ever snatch your babies i remember i remember the text that do you remember the text that salomon is is arguing with the two prostitutes that had a baby and and then remember what happened the mom said solomon said grab the sword that sliced the baby in half and the real mom said no she can have it that was the sign that she was a real mom you should do that. That's what you did. That's what your pastors did. Don't cut it. Let it go. Let it go. But they will come back one day. They may be grown, but they will need new, they will need new clothes. They will need new garments. What that means in scriptures is they will need protection. And this, this took me all the way to the prodigal son. You know, the dad was not, was not a bed. He was not busy. Dad... Was not busy with, with business. He was at the door waiting. He was at the door waiting for the prodigal son to return. I wish we were at the door waiting for those to come back. Not hating ourselves or hating them. Not hating the things that we should have done, the things that we did not do. Be at the door. You know what that means for us? Be in prayer for them. We just talked about it. Be in prayer for them. Intercede for their lives. Ask God to fill them with the Holy Spirit. Don't waste time. Things that don't matter. We are in a journey that we don't know how much time we have. We can be gone tomorrow. Anybody here? And be with the Lord. Amen.
We live in a life that we don't know how long we have. Let's be at the door for those that wait. Yes, there's natural babies. It's fine. Let them come back one day and treat them like the prodigal son. Give them a ring. Give them food. Give them a new garment. Ring means authority. Garment means protection. Food means I take care of you. It doesn't matter why you left. And please, let not be the older son. Let not be the older son. Because in that story, I don't know if you saw that, but there's two prodigal sons. One left and the other stayed. Let's not be the one that stayed. So that was the last vision. And I want you to, this week, as we move on with our lives, I want you to go home. I want you to pray about this week. What is it? What do I have to surrender to God to understand His will? Go home this week. Do it for a week. What do I have to surrender to God? What, what wills, what desires are not aligned with God's will? What cross I have to bear? Part of me needs to go to the cross so I can understand the will of God. How do I reach the fruits of the Spirit? Sorry, the gifts of the Spirit. How I, do I produce the fruits of the Spirit? Second challenge for you this week. Have faith. Read 1 Corinthians 12. Be a church of signs. The, preach, the, preach, the preaching of the gospel should bring signs and wonders. And it's a promise of God that that will happen. So this week I wanted to pray for that. Have faith. Read those, read those gifts. And say, God, I want this one. And I want this one. I believe you can give it to me. Go to Galatians 5.22. Read the fruits. Let the Spirit produce those fruits in your life. I have them written on my arm. So I put the, the ones that I'm worst at just here so I can remember more. But that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't help. If I don't allow the Spirit to produce the fruits in me, self-control, kindness, gentleness, patience, love, goodness, faithfulness, peace and love, and joy. Seek for those this week. This next week, that's, that's your, that's your uh, homework this week. Invite the Spirit to be part of your community. Invite the Spirit. Try to, try to fill in. Build, build a healthy community. Don't look back. Stop, stop complaining about what happened or not happened. Look forward. Be at the door. Be at the door. Be at the door. Do what you can do now with the best that you have. Do what you can do now with the best that you have. You are in a period of transition. And God is bringing a lot of growth to the house. But you have to be faithful. To those principles. You have to know, just like Mike said on the meeting, that we are victorious. We're not thinking about victory. We are victorious in Jesus. We need to be a church here in Boca that people will look at and will say they are death for themselves. Jesus is in them. That they don't see nothing in us besides Jesus. There's nothing in us besides the Holy Spirit. They will look at you, Mike, and they will say, Mike, how do you do this? You say, I don't know. It's Jesus. How do you make this? How, does people, how do you do all those things? I, I actually don't know. I don't have the ability to do it. Am I against getting trained? And do, no. But God's more than we can ever be trained. As, we, as I finish, I want you to stand up and stretch your legs. And, but I, I don't want you to be distracted, please. Don't get distracted. Don't, don't, don't reach your phone. Don't reach your phone. Just give me two more minutes of your attention. Maybe more. I want you to think how beautiful will be this community if we decide to be those people that say no to ourselves and say yes to God and decided not to be conformed with this world. Don't be conformed with the pressures that you're feeling. That mold is trying to conform you. Say no. But the reaction should come in humility. Should come in, part, in, in, in producing gifts and fruits. And, and serving your community. Serving your family. Serving your friends. Serving your boss that persecutes you. 
bringing coffee to, to, to the ones that, that hate you at work, bringing a gift, being a, serving an upside down kingdom. I want you to think how great will be your community, your family, your friends, your work, if you decide to say no to yourself and yes to Jesus. Whenever they attack you, you just put your head down. Whenever they, whenever they hurt you, you put your head down and you look at Jesus. You, just, you do the same as Stephen. As they stone you, you look at heavens and you see Jesus. That is possible. That is real. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So I want you to think about this. How great our community will be. Your church will be. If we decide to step on that. I want you to forget for a second that you have anybody around you. And as, as my, my wife plays a little bit, I want you to let that sink in. How can I not be conformed? What are the pressures I'm suffering? I want you to pray for the next minute or two. Pray, pray to God and tell Him, God, I'm feeling this pressure. I'm feeling that pressure. I'm feeling that mold is closing. I don't want to be conformed to this world. Pray. Pray right now. Pray like your life depends on it. Because it may be. Pray, pray like your ministry depends on it. Pray like your son and daughters, uh, sons and daughters depend on it. Pray like your marriage depends on it. Pray like the kingdom is depending on you and me. Jesus, thank you. Thank you because you, you paid the price. You paid the price for us. You paid the price. You paid the price. Let us walk in victory. Let us walk in that reality that we have to be death for ourselves. Let's, let's us understand the perfect will, your will, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your name is powerful, Jesus. Your name is powerful. Let us understand that. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Let that word meditate in your mind. Sink in. Not be conformed, but be transformed in your mind and in your heart. I want to, if you're here today, if you're here today and you are saying in your heart, God, I don't know if I ever had a gift. Oh, I remember when I had a gift and you used me. But I don't know what happened. I don't know. I forgot about it. I stopped practicing. I don't know. I feel like I, I read it, but it's not, it's not present in my life. I don't know. Did you stop loving me? You don't, look, you don't look at me? So if you're here today, and this is specific for you. I don't want anybody else to come here. If you're here today and you say, God, I understand that the gifts are for everybody, every Christian, every follower of Jesus, but I haven't felt that in my life. I don't know how to reach it. And I just heard from the preacher that he said, it's through faith. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. I want you to come to the front. I want to pray for you. If it's you, if it's one person, if it's you online, I'll pray for you online. That I want the gifts, God. But I don't see them. I don't see them in my life. I've practiced them, but they're gone. Or maybe if in your, in your place and you don't want to come, but I'm talking to you right now. It's fine. There's nothing special in the altar. There's no, there's no holy place here. But there's a, whole, there's a holiness on taking a step forward and say, God, I'm, I'm going to make myself available. 
I'm going to make myself vulnerable. And as I make myself vulnerable, you're going to transform me. I'm going to step on faith. So if you want to come to the front, we'll pray. I'll pray for you. If you're online, I'll pray for you online. And if you're there, you don't want to come, it's fine. It's totally fine. And I pray for you right where you are. So and I pray in the name of Jesus that the gifts of the Spirit will be present in this, in this church, especially in your life, that you are right now requesting it. I pray for the gift of faith in the name of Jesus for this church. I pray for a release of the fire of the Holy Spirit in this place. Release of the fire. A new burning fire will come. I see a church walking in the Spirit. Gifts are going to be all over the place. Fruits are going to be all over the place in this place. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for your life right now. Hallelujah. If I get an usher or two, some men to come on and appear and who aren't holding children. Hallelujah. I would encourage you to pray these prayer directions this week. I think Mario's going to minister some people here at the altar for a little bit. Uh, we're going to pray. Uh, and She's going to play a little bit. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the word of God that's come forth. If you're online, thank you for joining us. There's just some stuff happening here at the altar. That's uh, I see the Lord moving. It's pretty good. Um, I want to bless you who have joined us here. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would continue to move in our lives, that you would continue to pour your spirit out in this church. You would continue to help us walk in love to the, to the, to the world around us. I'm going to stretch the altar call here a second. If you want a reactivation of your gifts, I want to invite you to come forward. I believe the Lord wants to pour out something, wants to activate some things. If you're here today, I'm about to get down and get prayer myself. So if you're a guest today, uh, we'd love to uh, connect with you. There'll be somebody in the alt in the uh, lobby who would love to uh, just get some information and whatnot and just uh, connect you with how to, how to, how to get plugged in. Um, but bless you. Thank you for coming today. Uh, if you're not signed up for our 21 days of prayer, do that wherever you get your podcast. Also, life groups are about to start up. Sign up for a life group. Uh, we love you, and we just bless you in the name of Jesus. Can you just give a clap offering to the Lord for what he's done? Amen. So if you want to stick around for a minute, we're just going to pray for some folks here at the altar and uh, receive prayer, and uh, we're just going to let the Lord move. Amen.